You are listening to The Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 44. Today's episode is a special one where I will be answering listener questions on audition songs, websites, cover letters, and more. So let's get started. What's going on? It is Maggie Berra, and welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for joining us. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. As always, before we dive into today's episode, I'm going to give a shout out to this week's review of the week. This one comes from Annie Singh, and they say that this podcast has been so beneficial to my growth as a performer. The episodes are the perfect length, yet full of helpful information in regards to the business of being an actor. I knew very little about equity before this podcast, and now I feel so informed and so well prepared for my journey as a performer. Thank you for that wonderful review. I love when you guys leave me reviews. It gives me so much joy, and it also helps me continue to create content for you guys for free. So if you haven't already, hit pause real quick wherever you are listening. Leave me a short review on iTunes or Spotify, however you can. It helps me and continues to grow the podcast. So today's podcast is going to be a special episode because I am going to try to cover as much information as I possibly can from the questions that I received on a poll that I recently held on Instagram. Now, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, that's okay, but I do suggest that you go on over, if you have an Instagram account, head on over to at Actor Aesthetic or just look up Maggie Barra, you'll find me there. Because of all of the social media platforms, I'm probably the most active on Instagram. I hold a ton of polls on Instagram because I want to hear directly from you, directly from my listeners, directly from my followers so that I can create content for you that's going to help you as an individual on your journey through the theater industry. So without further ado, let's start with a question that comes from one of my followers, Daisha Murray. She asks, can you be successful professionally if you are not based in New York City? My short answer to that is 100%. Absolutely. You can make a professional career in the theater industry and the film industry, whatever, regardless of if you're based in New York City. As we know, New York City is a massive theater hub that hosts Broadway shows, off-Broadway shows, 
and is home to thousands of creatives, casting directors, agents, managers, directors, musical directors, choreographers, up and coming people who are all trying to collaborate to create new works and revive old works. As someone who currently lives in New York City, I can tell you that there are definitely more auditions in a big theater hub like New York City than other cities and maybe more opportunities, but that doesn't mean that you can't make it professionally as an actor, even if you're based in another city. Off the top of my head, I have friends who are leading very successful careers as performers in Chicago, Seattle, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Atlanta, cities in Florida. The biggest difference, I would say, however, between those smaller theater hubs and a massive theater hub like New York City is that casting directors are a big part of the casting process in New York City. I found through conversations with friends who have lived in Chicago and Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., that most of their auditions are held by the actual theaters that they are auditioning for, as opposed to casting directors who primarily are the people who run auditions in New York City. So if you feel that New York City is not your place, I wouldn't lose hope as a performer because it's absolutely possible to make a career and a very healthy one at that in a smaller city. This next question comes from Rachel, and she asks, how do you bring the best version of yourself to an audition and not to compare? So I feel like I could talk for days on this specific topic. If you are interested, I'll probably record an upcoming podcast on this highly requested topic. In the meantime, I would check out one of my earlier podcast episodes on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast titled 15 Positive Ways to Approach Auditions. Now, auditions are really tricky because it is very, very easy, especially in the height of audition season in a huge theater hub like New York City, to spot the negatives like busy schedules and long lines and crazy audition holding rooms and competition and comparison But lately, I've been trying to approach auditions as a challenge that I feel like I can absolutely overcome with joy because this is what I love to do and I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. So why not enjoy the process and enjoy the journey? When it comes to bringing my best version of myself to an audition, I always feel like it comes back all the way back to preparation. Because if I feel like I'm not prepared for a specific audition, I am not going to bring in my best self into the room. I am not going to do my best work. I'm going to be too busy thinking about all of the external things that I could have had under my control had I prepared correctly, wisely, efficiently, whatever. So if I'm too worried about my lines and my lyrics and what I'm wearing, and how little research I did on the production that I'm auditioning for, and how little research I did on the creative team that I'm singing for, I am going to do myself a huge disservice. And listen, I've been there. I recorded an episode on my worst audition and what I learned from it, and 
Long story short, basically what happened is that I went into that audition cramming all of the material into my head the morning of the audition. Obviously, it was a huge fail because I would never suggest doing that. And in doing so, I felt completely unprepared because when I walked into the room, I was so lost in the sides and the material that I should have learned days before that I presented a very poor version of myself. And that sticks with you. So why make that mistake? I made the mistake already, so learn from it. Learn from the fact that preparation is always going to be your best friend and will always let you put your best foot forward in an audition. This next question comes from my friend Morgan Walker, and she asks for tips for making your own website. For example, format, info, how much is too much, etc. Again, another great topic suggestion for an upcoming podcast and blog post. I'll probably do one of each on this topic because I feel like there's a lot of information in there that can help you make the best website and the best representation of yourself. My short answer is that in order to make a successful website that casting directors and creative teams can go to to find more information about you, I would suggest having your headshots in a digital file that you can also download if needed, a downloadable PDF file of your resume, a short bio about yourself and any other information you deem is necessary or important to include, and also, most importantly, video and audio of you performing. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be performance videos from actual shows. Once you become an equity member, it gets harder and harder to get quality footage from your shows because it can be illegal. That would be considered bootlegs of your performances, and in many equity contracts, it's illegal to do so to record yourself performing in a production. However, you can also grab from material from self-tapes, from concerts, from cabarets, anything that you can get your hands on of good, short, quality video of you either singing, dancing, doing a monologue, or even performing a special skill like a sport or acrobatic experience or playing an instrument. To keep your website cohesive, I want you to remember that casting directors and creatives will 100% look at your website, sometimes even when you're in your audition singing at that very moment right in front of them. I've seen it happen. I've sat behind the table in casting rooms. You want to make sure that your website is the best representation of you and gives the casting and creative teams a little bit more about yourself that you might not be able to show in the audition room in a short period of time. So a couple of tips, make sure that your website is mobile friendly so that people can quickly and easily click on links and download things directly through their phones. Phones are so accessible these days that everyone's on their phone and everyone's checking their phones and sometimes we just don't feel like lugging around computers with us so phones are the way to go 
Make sure that the content on your website downloads quickly so that if a casting director or a creative team member goes to your website, they don't have to wait for your material to download. Technology moves so fast these days, and it's almost as if we are expecting everything to move as quickly as possible. So if your website doesn't download quickly, that might mean the difference between a casting director looking at your material and just moving on. When it comes to your question of how much is too much, I would say that I would limit the amount of media that you have on your website. If you have too many videos on your website or too many headshots, it's going to muddy their vision of you. It actually might make things more confusing for the casting director if there are too many headshots or too many videos. Keep your videos short and simple. Casting directors just do not have enough hours in the day and so they're not going to be sitting there watching your entire four or five minute video. And lastly, make sure to include contact information or a way for a casting director, creative team member, an agent even to contact you. Be careful with your information. You don't want to give away too much. There are certain ways to include contact forms so that you don't even need to include your email. But nowadays, everyone is putting their email directly on their resume, so it doesn't hurt you to put that on your website as well as a means of contact information. Now, if you are with an agency, you are more than welcome to include their contact information as that is the way that you will want to continue any communication. All in all, I'm telling you that simple is better, that less is more when it comes to websites. Time is of the essence, so make sure everything is crisp, clear, to the point, and that a person who is looking to maybe hire you for a job can find more information about you quickly and efficiently. This next question comes from Carly Jane. She asks, what is the best way to pick an audition song? I'm never sure what directors are looking for. Well, to answer your question, there are a couple of different ways to choosing audition songs and improving your audition book. I would suggest, one, you can identify actors or actresses that are similar to you and use the internet to your advantage. What else did they sing on Broadway or off-Broadway or regionally or cabarets? YouTube is your best friend. This is the perfect way to find new material that suits your type. Now, when it comes time to choosing an audition song for a specific show, make sure that the song you are choosing is appropriate to the style of the show you are auditioning for. Because remember, your song choice is just as important as the personality you bring with you into the room. So smart audition songs lend themselves very, very well to creative teams behind the table. If you are required to sing something from your book, choose a song that is appropriate to the show and character that you are auditioning for. So if you're having a hard time figuring out where to start, you have an audition coming up and you have no idea where to start looking. The best place to start looking is at the authors of the show. So here's a good example. The music and lyrics of Legally Blonde are written by Lawrence O'Keefe and Nell Benjamin. 
So if you're auditioning for a production of Legally Blonde, consider singing something from Heather's, which is written by the same people. Here's another example. The music and lyrics of Into the Woods are created and written by Stephen Sondheim. If you are auditioning for Into the Woods, consider singing something from his other shows like A Little Night Music, Merrily We Roll Along, Sweeney Todd, Sunday in the Park with George, etc. And then even something like Beauty and the Beast. So the music of Beauty and the Beast is written by Alan Menken. Alan Menken has written a ton of music for Disney shows. So if you're auditioning for Beauty and the Beast, consider singing something from Aladdin, Newsies, Hunchback, The Little Mermaid, etc. Get the picture? If you're still having trouble finding a song, use the internet. The internet is your best friend. Check out Spotify. Check out YouTube. Spotify has a massive catalog of music and cast recordings. I'm telling you there are at least 30 million songs on Spotify. So that means you're very, very likely to find all or nearly all of the songs you could want to stream on Spotify. Spotify has pretty much every iteration of every musical on there. Original Broadway cast recordings, revivals, the London cast of the production, etc. And if you still need help, check out some of the playlists that already exist on things like this, like Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music. I'm using Spotify as a huge example just because I found it extremely helpful for me when choosing new material or when choosing a song for an audition. You'd be surprised how many playlists exist on Spotify that are geared towards auditioning. If you're looking for audition songs for pop, or rock musicals, check out artists like the pop rock guru Sherry Sanders. I will leave a link to her playlist below in the show notes for playlists featuring hits from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s that make perfect audition songs. And you can also look up musical theater playlists for specific auditions like Hamilton, Beautiful, Disney, and more. If you are still looking to build your audition book with songs that represent you for auditions, I do host one-on-one coaching sessions to give actors the tools they need to build their rep books, define their brands, and perfect their audition material. So if you want more information about my coaching sessions, head on over to actoraesthetic.com slash coaching. The link to that is also in the show notes for you so you don't even have to look that hard. And of course, if you are newer to my podcast and my blog and you didn't already know, I actually have a brand new online course out right now that helps you build your musical theater audition book. And I'm telling you, it's epic. Once you get the course, it's yours to keep. You can take it on your own time. And this course literally includes everything under the sun. It includes comprehensive videos breaking down each genre, including traditional musical theater, contemporary musical theater, pop rock, 
It has downloadable audition book checklists and templates to stay organized. I've included multiple lists of song suggestions by genre and vocal type, literally everything, soprano, alto, tenor, baritone, bass, you name it. I have some tips on how to find the perfect audition songs. I have an ultimate guide to making audition cuts, and I also have examples of 32 bar and 16 bar cuts in each genre if you need help with that. As a loyal Actor Aesthetic Podcast listener, I have a code exclusively for you. You will save 40 bucks, $40, people. It's going to make the purchase of this course literally almost nothing. So use the code PODCAST40 when you click the link in the show notes below to save $40 off your purchase so you can get right on it and start building your music musical theater audition book today. Lastly, for today's episode, I have a really smart question. This one comes from Jillian Michelle Smith. She asks, how do you write a cover letter? The specific reason why she asked this question is because she just doesn't know. A lot of people don't know, and we don't learn this. Sometimes we don't even learn this in college. Even if you go to school for this, learn the best acting techniques, vocal techniques, dance techniques. But when it comes to the business side of performing, a lot of this information is not given to us in an educational setting. So let me do what I do and what works for me. If you don't know what I mean by cover letters, basically in the theater industry, cover letters are often asked for by casting directors when they list a breakdown and they are looking for digital or snail mail submissions. So let me give you an example of what I mean when a casting director asks for a submission. Most times, casting directors will just release their breakdowns to agencies, so really only agents can handle this sort of thing. However, sometimes casting directors will post on places like ActorsEquity.org or Backstage or Playbill or Broadway World or even sometimes Actors Access, and they will ask for direct submissions from actors. So as an example, I'm looking under the submissions tab on ActorsEquity.org and the Fulton Theatre Company is looking for submissions for their production of Peter Pan. It says under the description that New York City appointments will be held on an upcoming date and for consideration, mail a picture and resume ASAP. The deadline for the receipt is August 25th. So when they're asking for a submission specifically for this production, Bob Klein is the casting director. He's not just asking for your headshot and resume. He's also asking for a short cover letter. So in addition to your headshot and resume stapled back to back in one of those large envelopes, he's asking for a cover letter that lists who you are, what your contact information is or your agency's contact information is, what role you are interested in submitting for, and what production you are submitting for. 
So if I were submitting for that production, I would say the following in my cover letter. At the top of my cover letter, I would give a brief breakdown of my contact information. I would list my name, my address, my phone number, and my email. I would then hit enter a couple of times. I would list the date in which I was writing this cover letter. I'd hit enter a couple more times, and then I would fill out the exact description of the address that I am submitting for and any specific information. So specifically for this submission, I would write Bob Klein, enter, C slash O, Peter Pan, enter, 2214 Frederick Douglass, suite 327, enter, New York, New York, 10026. Why did I say that specific information? Well, that is what is listed in the breakdown for submissions for this particular production. It literally says that that's how you should submit your material. So along with putting that information on the folder or the envelope that I am mailing out to specifically the casting director, I'm also going to put it briefly in this cover letter. Then I would hit enter a couple more times, and then I would say, dear, for example, this is to Bob Klein, so I would say, dear Mr. Klein or dear Bob or... Sometimes if you don't have a specific name of who you're submitting for, you can write to whom it may concern. Then I would hit enter again, and then I would go on to say that I was very interested in submitting myself for the role of whatever in the upcoming production of Peter Pan at the Fulton Theater Company. In this case, I would probably submit myself for Wendy because I actually played Wendy a couple of years ago professionally at the Connecticut Repertory Theater. Now, that's good information to enclose in a cover letter because it helps the casting director know that you did perform the role already professionally. So I would go on to say maybe that I was a recent graduate of Texas State University with a BFA in musical theater. I am a member of Actors' Equity, represented by professional artist agency in New York City, and recently I played Wendy in the production of Peter Pan at Connecticut Repertory Theater, starring Terrence Mann. That's all I would really say. Now, if you're submitting for a special role like Peter Pan, for example, you can say that you have flight experience if that's something you have or if you have tumbling experience, if that's something that's important to the specific role you're auditioning for, whatever, anything that's going to help the casting director get to know you better specifically for the role you are submitting for. Finally, I would say enclosed, you will find my headshot and resume. Please see maggiebera.com for additional media. Thank you for your consideration. Then I would hit enter again, and I would say sincerely, and then I would leave a space for me to print out the cover letter so that I can sign it. And then underneath that, I would just print my name, Maggie Barra. Does that make sense? So I just quickly went through what I would say in a cover letter. I've already made a cover letter template. I am working on a blog post specifically dedicated to cover letters because, again, it's just something that's not necessarily covered a lot in school from coaches, etc. because we are in an industry that often relies on our agents to do this work. But actually, surprisingly enough, I have gotten a couple of appointments Low-key, just by sending my information or my headshot and resume specifically and directly to a casting director. So it is possible to get appointments. It is possible to book jobs without an agent. 
And it's all up to you if you are willing to do that work on your own. So there you have it. Those are just a couple of the questions that you guys left for me on my most recent Instagram poll. Don't you worry. I will get to more of those questions very soon in upcoming podcasts. And they've also actually inspired me to make specific podcasts dedicated to some of your questions. So If you have any more questions or you have more topics you would like me to cover, do not hesitate to either email me at maggie at actoraesthetic.com or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. If you want to become a member of the Actor Aesthetic community on Facebook, join the Actor Aesthetic tribe. You can either look that up on Facebook on the groups section, or you can just click the link in the show notes because I like to make things as easy as possible for you all. I love each and every one of you. And if you're still here and you're still listening, I just want to thank you so much for your continued support. I know that this episode is coming at you a little bit later than normal this week. I recently just went through a huge loss in my family and it's been really, really tough to get by. But I will say that your thoughts and prayers and good vibes and well wishes, everything that you have sent me, whether you emailed me or messaged me on Instagram or texted me, boy, does it mean more than you will ever, ever know. I'm so proud of this community and I'm proud of all of you. And I love watching you grow and continue to reach for your dreams and your goals. And I'm just feeling very grateful to be a part of this really warm and welcoming community. So with that being said, I love you all and uh, it takes a village. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.